No, come on, Shoreline City. Are you ready for a great day today or what? Are you ready for a great day or what? Come on, I'm talking. I want us living so much faith, so much excitement, so much joy in our hearts. I have, I have in, my, in my soul today, I have such an anticipation that I think God is going to meet every single one of us exactly where we are. What is it you might be battling? What it is you, whatever it is you might be dealing with, wherever you are around the world and wherever headspace you might find yourself in, today is a day that God is going to meet you. So I don't want this just to be just another Sunday or, hey, you're watching this, maybe another Monday or Tuesday or Friday or Saturday night. I want this to be a moment where you really lean in and say, God, I want you to have all of me. God, I don't want to leave this moment and be the same. I don't, I don't wanna I don't want to be in the presence of God, hearing the word of God, and walk away or close my computer and everything be like it was when I first started. I wanna leave changed, transformed. I wanna be different in my mind, different in my heart, different in my soul. I wanna be better and stronger. Come on, church, are you with me? I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more filled with faith. I want to look more like Jesus. I want to love bigger. I want to serve bigger. I want to trust God more. I don't want us just to be, just to be a church that, uh, that just kind of sits on the sideline. Jesus called us to be his hands and his feet in the world. He put it another way in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this verse. Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses uh, thir uh, 13 through 16. Jesus put it like this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Come on, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Church family, this is who we've been called to be. Maybe you're looking for purpose in your life. You didn't know that you were called to be salt and light. Salt enhances flavor. You know that, right? You ever take something that doesn't have any salt in it? Come on, vegans. Some of y'all... <laughs> you you've been trying to tell us it tastes just like chicken. It doesn't taste like chicken. <laughs> salt increases the flavor, and what light does, it gives hope and direction. You have been made to make things better in this world. Things don't stay the same once you touch it. Once you touch your job, once you touch your family, once you touch your community, once you touch an area, once you touch politics, once you touch anything in education, things get better. The flavor is enhanced and hope and direction shows up for people. This, uh, this past week in Dallas, if you're watching this, and it's still the year 2021, who knows, this, th this stuff will be living on forever. We just had a, a terrible snowstorm. 
And, um, and I'm thankful that the meteorologists were right because it seems sometimes like you can kind of say whatever you want to as a weather person and it's like, you still keep your job. Who can be wrong that much and it's still just be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna trust you. But, but this past week uh, in Dallas, in, in Texas and the surrounding areas, we had, a, we had a storm that we just thought was gonna be some snow and then it turned out, uh, it, it really created some significant problems in people's lives. I mean, problems that uh, some folks will probably be dealing with for, for quite some time. And, and I just wanna say thank you to you, Shoreline City, that, that once again, you, you, you stepped up and you were present, and you were present for each other. It was beautiful to see the church coming together. My wife and I, our family, thankfully, by God's grace, I don't know how it happened, but we had our food and our power uh, and water the entire time. But, but I, I'm glad we didn't lose it because we are we're on a hotline on our phone trying to make sure everybody in our church was as covered and as supported as they could possibly be. And even thinking about our homeless community uh, in Dallas, you guys once again stepped up in a significant way and you were a huge, huge help to our homeless community. Uh, in the room uh, with me uh, right now is Patrick Palmer and Shelly and the rest of their family who are amazing and they're on, on staff at an organization called Our Calling. And it's an organization we've been partnering with for some time now and they, man, we're on the Today Show, we're on all these news outlets all over the place, but, but before the news ever showed up, you did. Before it was ever popular, I want you to know, Shoreline City, you were right there. Thank you for showing up with your time, with your energy, but you also showed up with your money as well. You were able to pour $75,000 to make sure all these homeless individuals were covered and taken care of. If you're ever wondering what Jesus looks like, then you can pause on any particular corner. corner and see someone maybe under a bridge or holding a sign. And Jesus made it clear, what you do to the least of these, you do for me. We got a little thank you from, uh, from Patrick and our calling, I wanted to share this with our whole family. Pastor Earl, Pastor Onika, Shoreline City, love you so much. We're here at the convention center right now. People are getting up out of their beds, off their cots, moving to our line for breakfast, and we just wanted to reach out. I just wanted to reach out and tell you thank you. From the beginning of this, since the moment it happened, you guys have been partnering with us side by side, linking arms. And if you weren't doing that, we couldn't have done everything we've done. We've only had masks donated by you. Nobody else has even offered to donate masks until yesterday. We wouldn't have been able to do that. We wouldn't have had the volunteers to do what we're doing if you didn't push out the volunteers. We wouldn't have found dozens and dozens of people sleeping under bridges if you didn't share our app and have people download it. I can't tell you how many Shoreline people were out driving around reporting homeless encampments to us so our search and rescue teams could go find those people out of the cold and bring them here. Then I get a text from Pastor Eric who says, hey man, how are you and your family doing? We get to talking, he's like, I'm bringing you guys breakfast because we haven't been able to figure out breakfast for days. Uh, Pastor Ben and Casey reaching out and supporting us. Casey reaching out to Shelly continuously and encouraging her. It's been such a blessing. And then Pastor Earl, you reach out and you say, hey, how much is all this gonna cost? I throw you a conservative number that we were believing at the time. 
it's obviously grows every day, but then you say, man, we're gonna throw $75,000 at that. Bro, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how blessed we are to be a part of this church, how blessed we are to call you family, and how thankful I am that you're partnered with our calling. Shelly and I and our kids, we're here. We won't be at church on this Sunday. We'll have our headsets in. We'll be listening live. We'll be worshiping with everybody while we clean up this facility. But I'm just telling you that we couldn't have done this. We couldn't have done this. There's no way we would have been able to do all this without your partnership. We're so, so thankful. We're so grateful. I told Judy Brown, it's like, she's asking about money. I said, man, I just think the Lord's gonna provide. The next day when Earl gave that 75,000, Judy texted me, the Lord provided. <laughs> it's been beautiful. We love you guys. We'll see you uh, the following Sunday. Thank you so much. Come on, church. Come on, church. Man, oh man, oh man. You pray and you hope that you can be a part of a moment where you get to serve and love and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, again, I just want to be really, really practical and connect our prayers, our, our serving, and our finances to very real people's lives. I know for some of us, we started attending Shoreline City online, right, during COVID and, and kind of stumbled upon this church. You're like, man, I like this place. I, I, I want to be a part of this church. We've got individuals all around the world that are saying, hey, I'm a part of Shoreline City. And, and yes, we want you to go through growth track and kind of make it official. We want you to be a, a, a part of the family. But we also want to make sure as a church, we recognize that our generosity really is making a difference in people's lives. And I want you to know, every time you pull out the app and you, you give uh, through the app or you give online or you, you text to give or however you choose to do it, you gotta understand that it, it's not going to line people's pockets, my friends. This is going to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And, and I honestly, honestly, there's, there's plenty of us that I know like, I love this church but you haven't yet taken that step to engage on that financial side, take the step. Take the step. Let this be the week. Go ahead and do it. I, I got a video I'm coming for you guys in a little bit from our, from our accounting firm because uh, we just got our audit and, you know, it had no discrepancies and it was so clean and they were amazed and all this stuff. So I got, I got this, this video coming uh, from our accounting firm because uh, how they talk about how we handle our money here at Shoreline City, I, I, I just thought we were doing what everybody else was doing, but she's like, no, I'm telling you, you guys are so above board and so sharp, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. I'm just telling you. You're a part of a place that's not perfect. I promise you that, I'm here, so it's definitely not perfect. But it's a place that's making a difference. So I wanna encourage you, go ahead and jump on the journey financially, jump on the journey, go to Growth Track and let's see God do something significant in and through the resources uh, and the gifts and the talents that he has given us. All right, today, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to open up this word of God a little bit more. How many of you wanna fulfill your purpose? Who wants to fulfill? Yeah, everybody wants. I know I do. I know I want to fulfill my purpose. I know you do. I know this about all of us. You want to fulfill your purpose. There is not one of us that just wants to live and die and not have made some type of a difference in our generation. Every single one of us want to make a mark. Now, with that uh, being said, uh, I got a little, little principle or, or truth that I, I want you to hold on to. And it's if you don't know how to deal with people, 
you'll struggle to fulfill your purpose. Because unless God's called you to be a monk, I guess you don't really have to deal with a whole lot of people if you're a monk. You're like, I'm alone with God. And I guess, fine. But for most of us, we're not monks. Most of us have friends and family and jobs and a desire on the inside of us to want to make a difference, to want to make our lives count. We have boyfriends and girlfriends. We have, uh, well, hopefully you just have one boyfriend or one girlfriend. <laughs> have a husband or a wife. You got your friends. And, and for all of us here, in order for us to be who God has called us to be, we're going to have to know how to interact and to deal with people effectively. So uh, today, the title of today's message is The Cold Shoulder. The Cold Shoulder. For those of you taking notes, go ahead and write it down. Those of you who solamente hablar español, you can write down... Uh, you can say, let me see, el hombro frío. I believe, I believe it's right. El hombro frío. I might be wrong, but fine. I think I got the frío right. I'm not going to tell you who in my house. I'm not going to do that. Um, but, but a couple of weeks ago, Onique and I go to bed early. And we're happy about this. We're like in bed by 11. And for us, you know, that, that's early. So we're like, we're in bed. We're going to get a good night's sleep. One of my children, I'm not saying who, <laughs> come and knock on the door. I don't know. It's 11.45. So you're kind of like getting in that groove sleep. You're like, and then when you hear that knock, you think somebody's trying to break into your house. So I, you know, I'm up quick. I'm like. And there's one of my children, I'm not saying who, standing at the door, standing at the door. Uh, it's one of my sons. We've got two sons. One of my sons, not my daughter. And um, they begin to tell me and mom, uh, the, the toilet upstairs is is overflowing. And I'm like, okay, wait, what, what? You know, I'm kind of angry a little bit, you know, not, not as Christ-like as I want to be because I kind of just kind of came out of my sleep. So I'm like, what, would you say fool? And then, uh, no, I, I didn't say that. I'm thinking it. I didn't say it. Uh, <laughs> why'd you wake me up right now? <laughs> there, there's water. I'm like, wait, what were you talking about? I'm like, well, did, did you plunge? Did you plunge the toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I plunged it, but every time I put the plunger in, the water just keeps on overflowing. And then I hear, I hear a dripping. I hear a dripping, and it's coming through my vent because that bedroom and bathroom is above our bedroom. So I, see, I like hear dripping, and I was, again, I'm still kind of out of it. And I go upstairs, and I go into this bathroom, and one of my sons, again, I'm not saying any names, and I'm not going to give any details, but the toilet is overflowing with presents that only a son can bring a parent. So the fan's on in there. I'm trying to breathe in my mouth because you don't want to inhale and 
we were trying to figure out what to do, and I'm like, okay, let me see you grab that plunger. I'm not doing it, right? You grab that plunger, because that can splash up on you. And I'm like, man, get in there, and I'm seeing it. And the water just keeps overflowing, overflowing, and then there's blankets. If you ever come to our house, don't use the blankets. There's blankets being put around this thing. I mean, it was hours later. We had to call plumbers, and they kind of were able to get it all unplugged. I mean, it's 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning before we ever get to sleep. Well, Onika was able to fall asleep way earlier than that, but, but I'm up here. No, she was, she, was, she was on the horn trying to help us get a, get a plumber. But, but the next day, we, we go to sleep. The next day, we, it's kind of done, right? Toilet's unplugged, water's been cleaned up. We're kind of we're past it. And a friend comes over and their face is like, You, you, know, you know that face. I don't want to say anything, but, but I, I got to at least express this physically, what I am experiencing when I come into your home. I'm like, wait, what, what, what's, what's wrong? I'm like, what? It stinks in here. Y'all, I couldn't even smell it. We had been in it so long we couldn't even smell it. It took someone else from the outside coming in going, y'all know it stinks up in here, right? I forgot, I lost sight, I got used to the smell. We're gonna look at a passage of scripture right now where one friend didn't realize his house was stinking and he had to have another friend Come in and let them know stuff's not smelling right in your house. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse number 11. When Cephas came to Antioch, if your name is Cephas, congratulations. What a great name that is. When Cephas came to Antioch, some of your Bibles might say Peter. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat, he used to sit at the table and eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, when these friends of James arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. So that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. 
Okay, here's the bottom line to the book of Galatians. Bottom line right here, you just need to know this. Uh, those of you who are Bible scholars, you already know this. Others of us who are jumping on the journey, you need to know the bottom line to this letter, this book of Galatians is this. A person is made right with, with God by faith in Jesus, not the works of the law. That means you giving money does not make you right with God. You giving your time does not make you right with God. You helping little old ladies across the street does not make you right with God. You doing whatever good work you want to do, you, when you stop sleeping around, that does not make you right with God. When you're nice to people, that does not make you right with God. What makes you and I right with God is us putting our faith in, in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and it's because of his work that we're cleansed. Now, after we receive his work, then we go to work. And we do the things that God has called us to do because he did that work for us. That's bottom line. But I've got some friends on the platform with me today. Wonderful friends, individuals that I care about. I love each of these people so much. All of them, all, all of them are, are special. Just like you're special and fantastic and wonderful. But again, you're going to struggle to fulfill your purpose if you don't know how to deal with people. So in this passage of Scripture, you see this man, Peter, and some others with him living what we see in our day today. And I want you to say this word. I want you to say us, us. them. Yeah. Everybody say us. us. Say them. Yeah. Say us. us. Say them. Yeah. Us and them. Us and them. Us and them. Us and them. This is how our world operates. Our world operates with either you are in us or you're a them. And if you're an us, I roll with an us. I help an us. I have the back of an us. I love an us. But if you're a them, I can't even associate with you. Or I'll talk about you when I'm with us's, but I'll change my language when I'm with the thems. Us, them. This is the way the world operates. You can see on this platform, and we've had people on the platform at other times, I've got people from all different backgrounds on this platform. Rami's my handsome one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Rami back there. Rami's handsome. Your wife would agree with me too, Rami. She would agree. She would agree. Rami was a professional baseball player uh, back in the day and also uh, runs a fantastic company uh, now. Uh, and, and some people, to, to some people, Rami's a them. I got Michael in the background over here as well. Michael, you're handsome too, okay? I've got all these fantastic folks on the platform, and every single one of them is in us. There's some group that would say, hey, you're in with me. You're in with me. You know, Crystal, she's Latina. Yeah. <laughs> and single. And, 
and loves God. Works hard. Full of faith. Well, shoot. So, and if you would like to date her, DM me, okay? Because I want to check you out first because she's one of our daughters. As a matter of fact, all these ladies up here are actually one of our daughters. So with that being said, with that being said, I want you to see Peter is at a table. And Peter is a Jew. And he's sitting at a table with them, Gentiles. When some other Jews come into the room, Peter gets up from the table because he does not want the Jews to see that he's connecting with the Gentiles. So when they show up, he scoots back. He steps away from the table. Now, the crazy thing is, COVID made all of us an us. Because everybody was like, what the heck is going on right now? Lives taken from us, uh, the way we were things, used to things going, it was disrupted. Our jobs, our finances, so many different things were messed up. Now we were kind of all in something together. A winter storm will do the same thing. Used to, uh, uh, a plumber used to be a them to you until your, your, your pipes burst. The, uh, the, the, the folks who pick up our trash used to be a them until no trash has been able to be picked up. You start to realize, oh, 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 maybe the thems, there's a whole lot more us than I ever even realized. And pain and suffering has a way of going, hey, everybody, wake up. You're not better than anybody here. Why are you getting up from the table? Jesus said uh, this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. You can jot it down. Uh, it's the greatest commandment. It's the greatest commandment. Jesus, they asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit this to you. I heard uh, Miles McPherson say this a long time ago. He talked about how if I can label you something other than the neighbor, yeah. yep. then I can love you less than I love myself. So if I can label you Karen, Don't get uncomfortable on me. Don't get uncomfortable. Come on, feel it. Just feel it. Feel. You need to say that in church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're another part of the world, you might not know what that means. Google it, okay? So he, here, if I can label you Karen, that means I don't have to label you neighbor. So I, that gives me permission to love you less than I love myself. If I can label you felon, if I can label you thug, if I can label you illegal, if I can label you the right wing, left wing, progressive, conservative, if I can label you, yeah. 
they don't have to love you like I love myself. Because I know what Jesus asked me to do is he asked me to love my neighbor as I love myself. But if you're not my neighbor, then I don't have to love you like that. So again, in Galatians chapter 2, you see Peter, he's at the table. He's at the table, right? And somebody else comes in. He scoots away from the table. He, he, he moves another direction. I was wondering, I was wondering, oh, what, what direction are you and I moving? Are we moving towards like the way of Christ or the way of comfort? Which way are we moving? Come on, stick with me today. Stick with me, okay? Because I'm actually interested in us increasing. I'm actually interested in us becoming who God has called us to be. I'm actually interested in us looking like Jesus. I'm actually interested in us being a city on a hill. In order for that to happen, we're going to have to deal with some stuff in our house that just does not smell right, but we don't even realize it doesn't smell right because the church got, got, became okay with labeling people so we can treat them less than neighbor. But not this church, not this church, not, not, not Shoreline City. We're not, doing, we're not doing it like that. We're not doing it like that. That's not how we're interacting with each other. That's not how we're talking with each other. That's not how we're praying for each other. That's not how we're standing beside. That's not how we're going to do it here. Here, we're not going to get up from the table when somebody else comes in, in, into the room. We're going to stay at the table because these are my brothers and my sisters. I'm not concerned about what you think about me. I'm not living my life for your, your, your pleasure. I'm not living my life for your applause. I'm living my life for the applause and pleasure of my Savior, of my Lord, and of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, um, there's a parable of the Good Samaritan. If you've never read it, I want to encourage you to go through and read that parable. Fantastic parable. It starts off a religious uh, leader, an expert in the law, steps up, and he steps up, and he's like, hey, hey, Jesus, uh, talk to me here. Tell me, tell, tell me about this whole eternal life thing. Tell me, what, what do I need to do? It's Luke chapter 10. What verse am I in? I think it's verse number. Let me find it here. Verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? I want, to, I want to inherit eternal life. What's written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart. Remember, we talked about that. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Verse 28, Jesus said, you answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Verse 29, I love this. But the, the, the religious person wanted to justify himself. What's my loophole? Tell me, give me the trap door. Tell me how I don't have to actually live this. So we asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Let's split some hairs here. Tell me who's my neighbor. Jesus says, okay, okay, let me tell you a story. There's this road, guy's going, uh, he's on this Jericho road and uh, he gets robbed, he gets mugged, okay? They beat him, strip him, leave him half dead. Priest comes by. Priest walks by on the other side of the road. Levite comes by, walks by on the other side of the road. A Samaritan walks up, sees the man beaten half dead, and he goes, hey, I'm going to help this guy out. Grabs the guy, puts the guy on his horse, takes the guy to a hotel, puts him up at the hotel, puts everything on his tab. Hey, I'll pay for this. 
money, not a bad thing. He's using it to help somebody. Here you go. If, if anything is over this amount that I just gave, I just gave you $1,000. Anything over this amount, let me know. I'll pay when I come back. Covers all the man's expenses. Then Jesus asked the religious leader, who was the neighbor? The religious leader can't even say Samaritan because Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. So Jesus picked a hero in the story that he knew this religious leader would have a hard time with. You can, there's a black guy on the side of the road. He's beaten. Religious person walks past. Activist walks past. Proud boy stops, puts him on his, puts him on the donkey. See, in today's day and age, we want to post. I'm going to post about it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post about it. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. Oh, look at somebody hurting on the side of the road. Filter, filter, filter. Wait, are we the ones that post about it or are we the ones that do something about it? Oh, Black History Month, Black History. You got any black friends? Sex trafficking. Oh, sex, let's end it. Let's end it. Have you given, volunteered, prayed? I can't believe we're doing this with the orphans in our world. Are you giving, serving, loving, blessing, helping, anything at all? I'm not asking, are you just posting? Come on, am I being too real here? Am I being too real? I'm talking about, come on, are we going to be Jesus followers? Or are we just trying to be cultural Christians, okay? Because this cultural Christianity thing, it's not working. I'm talking about us being so changed and transformed from the inside out that we have been so impacted by the grace of Almighty God that we are compelled to share the love that God has given us with the people of our world. And we are willing to even look foolish to those who are religious, that we're willing to sit at the table with those that the religious will say you should never sit at the table with them. Look at what our Savior did all the time. They were like, what are you doing? You're with the sinners. And he's like, duh. Where am I supposed to be? I'm not mad. If I feel mad, if I sound mad, I'm not. But I am passionate. I am fired up about this. Because I feel God has called us to live a life that will reflect his glory, not for our fame and name so that people will know who Jesus Christ actually is and get a very real picture of who our Savior is and what he has done for all of humanity. If you keep on going through here in the book of uh, Galatians, uh, you'll see in verse number 12, you'll see the reason that Peter got up from the table or Cephas got up from the table. It was because he was afraid. He was afraid of the other Jews that were coming in, what they would think about him. 
Hey, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you don't need to be smart about who you're spending all your time with, okay? Because some of y'all, you're not strong enough yet, okay? You're not strong enough yet. Some of y'all are, are honestly right now, you just came out of so much stuff that if you were in some environments, it will hurt you. It will hurt you, okay? So you might have to take a little bit of time, but like, I got, I got, to, I got to build a little bit of muscle here. So that when I'm back in that space and they say, puff, puff, pass, I go, nope, pass, pass, pass. <laughs> Some of you, you're not, you're not ready yet. You're not ready. It's okay. There's no guilt or shame in that. Yeah, that's wisdom. So, but he, they're afraid. They're afraid. Keep, keep on going through. Keep on going through. Uh, I got verse number uh, in Galatians um, two, uh, verse number, number 13, verse number 13, he's, of uh, 12, he's afraid of the circumcision group. Verse number 13, it was his hypocrisy that led others astray. It was his hypocrisy that led others astray. It was his hypocrisy that led others astray because he's saying, Hey, we love everybody. But when somebody else came into the room, he decided to walk away. I'm okay sitting at the table with somebody that I don't agree with. Because I'm sitting at the table, that does not mean I endorse everything that's going on in your life. That's a, that's a weird argument that we have today. It's like, if you don't accept just all of me and don't validate everything, then you can't really love me. It's like, man, I've sat with some people that have done some things, okay? They cheated on their spouse or they really negatively hurt somebody or they abused someone and they needed some restoration. And I sat with them. I'm not validating what they did to those other people. I'm just validating that what Jesus did for them is greater than the sin that they committed against those other people. So if I have to agree with everything you do in order to sit with you, then we can't even talk yet. But if you're okay with me loving you because you were made in the image of God, and I'm made in the image of God, and the same Savior died for both of us even though I might know it and you don't know it yet, let's be friends. Let's be friends. Their hypocrisy led others astray. Put it this way, their action had outcomes. Their actions had outcomes. How they lived mattered. It mattered. And I know we like to be in a day of like, no, no, that's my life. I can do what I want. I can post what I want. And I guess you can. But friends, you got another generation coming up behind you. Ladies, you got another generation coming up behind you. Men, you got another generation coming up behind you. If it is just all about you, then please get on that rover that just went to Mars and hang out there. Because I got people that are watching you. And there's more people watching you than you even realized. I was asking this question, you can fill in the blank. If, if everyone blanked like you, would it look like heaven on earth? 
If everyone loved like you, would it look like heaven on earth? If everyone gave their money like you gave your money, would it look like heaven on earth? If everyone prayed like you pray, would it look like heaven on earth? If everyone served like you served, if everyone laughed like you laughed, if everyone talked how you talked, would it look like heaven on earth? No guilt, no shame. Okay, those of you like, man, I'm brand new to this thing. What you talking about, man? I'm like, my friend invited me. Okay, hey, hey, let's jump on the journey here. You're okay. I'm talking to those of us who've been in this for a while and hoping, hoping to help shape those of us who are just starting. So our, our, our Christianity is more biblical than it is cultural. That, that, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Verse 14, and I'm done here. He says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the gospel. They were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. I had to say something had to say something. I, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, can, can we be a church that lives lives that are in line with the truth of the gospel? That it's not our works that made us right with God, but it's the work of Jesus Christ and we have been so wrecked on the inside out. Yes, we stand with our principles and we stand with the truth of God's word. I'm not trying to dumb this down at all. I believe it's the word of God. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not talking about watering anything down. You don't have to water anything down in order to love people well. live lives that are in line with the truth of the gospel. And I want us to be a church family that, that, that sees and understands that we get, we get the power of together over the poison of I'm better. Because there is a poison in our world and it's trying to seep into the church and the followers of Jesus. So today is just a love letter from the heart of God saying, hey, church, we don't take our cues from Instagram. We don't take our cues from Twitter. We don't take our cues from Clubhouse. We take our cues from Jesus as it's revealed in the Word of God. Let us be a church that lives our lives in line with the truth of the gospel. If you wouldn't mind, church family, wherever you are, bow your head for just a moment. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for every single man and woman that's under the sound of my voice right now, no matter where they are in the whole world. Thank you that you love them exactly how they are, exactly how we are, but you also love us too much to keep us that way. So keep on changing us and molding us and making us into who you called us to be. Show us our blind spots. Show us the parts of our lives that stink. Show us the parts of our lives that are inconsistent. 
with being transformed from the inside out. We surrender our hearts, our lives to you today in this moment. As your heads are bowed for just a moment, no matter where you are around the world, in a home, in your kitchen, in a living room, wherever you may be, I just want in this moment for you to pause for a second and ask yourself, is Jesus Christ first in your life? Is he first? Not do you believe in God and not do you have a Bible and not do you like what the sermon was today. That's not my question. My question is, is Jesus Christ first in your life? Is he Lord? Is he in charge of your life? Are you, are, have you adjusted and rearranged your entire life to follow his path and his way? If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never done that, you've never gotten on this journey, you've never taken that step, you've never responded to the grace of God and said, you can have all of me. Or maybe at one point in time you did, you were a kid at some camp or something, or you had a friend in college or in high school that, that kind of pointed you the right direction, but you've since gone your own direction. You're living your life for your own self and your own way, but today you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to live my life in line with the truth of the gospel. If that's you, you've never given your heart to Jesus, or one point in time you did, you slipped away. On the count of three, no matter where you are, I want you to do something simple, but something bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. Yep, you're in a coffee shop or in this room right now. You're like, yeah, that's me. I'm going to give my heart, my life to Christ. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, lift our heads no matter where we are. Let's clap our hands with enthusiasm.